This is Alive with Joseph. So we're looking at part three of faith for restoration. And we saw last week how Bible faith is developed in a believer. And we established that Bible faith is developed in you through the following. Number one, through absolute confidence in the integrity of God. The Bible faith is developed in you through absolute confidence in the integrity of God. Number two, we're going to now zoom in on number two. How is Bible faith developed? Bible faith is developed through God's capability or absolute confidence in God's capability. Absolute confidence in God's capability. Bible faith is developed, number one, through absolute confidence in God's integrity. Number two, through absolute confidence in God's capability. Let's read a couple of scriptures and let's establish this truth. Genesis chapter 18 verse 14, it says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Jeremiah 32, verse 17, it says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. The same Jeremiah 32, verse 27, it says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? In the New Testament, let's read one verse. It says in Luke 18, 27, but he said, Jesus speaking, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Now, with all of these scriptures I've just read, one thing that you will come to understand or one thing that is established is that the whole earth and the heavens have been made by God. That is the earth that is housing all of the challenges of humanity, that is housing all of the challenges of mankind. God has created it by his power and by his might. And based on that, there is nothing too difficult for God to do. He created the earth where the challenges are. As a result, there is nothing too difficult for him to do. Understand, friends, that God doesn't only have integrity. He also has capability. God does not only have integrity. He also has capability. There are men and women out there who on the planet earth, they have integrity. They are trustworthy, but they do not have capability. They have integrity, they are trustworthy, but they do not have capability. That is to say, integrity, they tell you, I will do this. But you discover that they do not have the capacity, the capability to do what they have promised they would do. They have integrity, they are trustworthy, but they do not have capability. They do not have capacity. Understand that it takes more than someone being trustworthy or more than someone having integrity to be able to deliver. They must also have the capacity that matches their trustworthiness. It takes more than being trustworthy for you to deliver when you make promises. You must also have in, you must also have capacity that matches your trustworthiness. 
for example i can say you know i will give rami 100 rand and i genuinely sincerely mean it in my heart but if i do not have 100 rand i am sincere but i don't have the capacity to give him even though i am sincere i do not have the capacity to give him so there are men and women out there on the planet earth who are trustworthy who are sincere but they do not have the capacity amen the good news is this god is not only trustworthy he also has capacity god is not only trustworthy he also has capacity god doesn't only have integrity he also has capability to help you that is to say he doesn't only will say promise i will help you he also has what it takes to help you he has the capacity he has the capability he has the ability to help you so outside him having the integrity that is whatever he says he would do he would do he also has the means to do whatever he says he would do give him praise this morning give him praise so that is our confidence that is how faith is developed in us so let's move a little further what is capability capability is number one the power or ability to do something the power or ability to do something number two it is the quality or state of being capable of number three it means proficiency number four it means power number five it means competence number six it means expertise so capability is you have the power and the ability to do something you have the quality or state of being capable of doing something you are proficient in, in doing it you have the power you are competent and you are an, an expert in doing it listen friends your heavenly father's trustworthiness because of your heavenly father's trustworthiness and capability you can boldly be able to speak and your situation speak over your situation and you expect a turnaround why because when you speak in the name of your father he has the integrity he has the capability as a result whatever you say concerning your situation can change it can change why because the one who is backing you has the integrity he has the capability to bring to pass whatever you declare consigning your situation so god's capability also is displayed in every sphere of human existence the seasons that govern the earth has never had to misbehave that is the display of god's capability the seas have never exceeded their boundaries that is the display of god's capability the earth has never rebelled against humanity that is the display of jehovah's capability the farm lads they keep yielding fruits and herbs for mankind every season every season that is a display of god's capability 
after so many thousands of years, the things that were created by God or the things that have been created by God's capability can still be seen in the day-to-day living of humanity. The sun has never said, well, I don't want to appear in the daytime. I like the nighttime. I will appear. No, the sun can't do that. That is the display of God's capability. The moon have not said, well, why is it that I'm only appearing in the night? I also want to come out in the day. So I'm coming out. No, the moon cannot do that. Why? That is a display of God's capability. Are you understanding me? We have not seen animals function at the level of intelligence of humans. Why? That is God's capability. So in the day-to-day living of humanity, you can see the display of God's capability everywhere. You can see the display of this almighty God. Give this God praise, please. Please give him praise. The earth still honors the almighty God. The earth still honors the almighty God. So friends, when God makes a promise to you, weigh that promise in the light of his capability, not in the strength of your ability. When he makes a promise to you, weigh that promise in the light of his capability, not in the strength of your own ability. Do not forget, whatever God speaks, he has the power to make it happen. Capability. He has the power to make it happen. He has the resources to make it happen. He has the intelligence to bring it to pass. He has the, he has everything that is required to bring to pass whatever he says to you. That is why your faith should be absolute on him. Your faith should be absolutely because not only is your heavenly father trustworthy, he also has the power, he has the expertise, he is competent, he is proficient. (laughs) He is, look at your neighbor, tell them your heavenly father is competent. He is competent. He is proficient. He is an expert in solving human problems. Are you understanding me now? He is an expert. He has dealt with human, he has more than enough experience. And also, he documented all the, he has a track record of all the things he has done. He put them together and said, please take your time to read them. So that when you read them, let faith arise on your inside to know that your own case will not be a difference at all. That he will do the same thing that he has done for those who have gone ahead of you. The book of Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, let's read. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Take note of that. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through this you may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He said grace and peace. Grace and peace. The peace there speaks 
of shalom what does shalom means when a jewish man tells you know another jewish person when or tells you shalom what is a jewish person simply saying they're simply saying that nothing is missing nothing is broken nothing is lacking so shalom means nothing missing nothing broken nothing lacking so this piece brother peter is telling us is this piece is multiplied through the knowledge of him and through the knowledge of the good news about christ the peace is multiplied shalom is multiplied through the knowledge of him and the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ that is to say friends the multiplication of shalom in your life is going to be predicated on the knowledge of the father and our lord and savior jesus christ shalom cannot multiply if you do not have the knowledge about the good news of christ if you do not have the knowledge of the good news about christ so shalom is multiplied shalom is multiplied through the knowledge of god and jesus christ our lord and there are certain levels of grace that as a believer you cannot ascend to if you do not have the knowledge of the good news about christ if you do not have the knowledge of the good news about christ he now said according to his divine power he has given to you he is not planning to he is not thinking to he has given to you that is speaking of his capability according to his divine power he has given to you he has given he did not just promise he has the capability to give and because he has the resources to give he has given he gave you even before you became born again he gave you even before you came to the saving knowledge of jesus christ he gave to you is like employing someone to do a job and you pay them you pay them way ahead of even before the job will be done. He gave to you. Actually, his own is not even a job. He didn't even employ you to do anything. He gave you before you became born again. He said he had. The heart there speaks of past things. He had. He had. And that speaks of his capability. He has given. He has given. His capability. He has given. His capability can give you a new job. He has given. His capability can restore your business. He has given. His capability can bring peace to your marriage. He has given. His capability can destroy every limitations around you. He has given. His capability. His capability can pull you out of nothing and bring you to something. His capability can take you from the back of the queue and bring you to the front of the queue. His capability can make you that was rejected to become the favorite. His capability can bring you to the place where no man no woman ever touched you can ever arrive at his capability according as his divine power he had given come on say thank you jesus give him praise this morning glory to god he has given his capability gives to you God's integrity commits him to what he has promised and his capability delivers exactly on what he has promised. His integrity commits him to what he has promised. His capability delivers exactly on what he has promised. According to his divine power had given, that is speaking of past things. 
He had given. He had given to you all things. Not some things. All things. Not a few things. All things. All things. He has the power to give all things. He has the power. He has the capability to give all things. He has the capacity to give all things. Do you know that people can, a human being cannot give you all their money. Because if they give you all their money, they will be broke. But God can give you all. Because he is inexhaustible. You can't finish him. Oh, can you, do, do you understand what is going on? Do you understand that it is said that it, we have close to how many billion Christians on the earth and we all are praying at the same time and he can still hear everybody's prayers. He knows when Joseph is praying. He knows when Cordelia is praying. He knows when Oakley is praying. He knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. And he, he is not mixing the answers together. He knows what to deliver to Joseph. He knows what to deliver because why? That is is his, he has the capability. And he said he has given you all things that pertains to life and godliness. What pertains to life? That house pertains to life. Because you need that house on this earth. You don't need it in heaven. Your job pertains to life. Your business prospering pertains to life. That car you're trusting. You heard the sister. She no longer walks to or uses taxi to Toyando or where she goes to. Messina. Do you know where Messina is? That's far. Now she can drive. Pertains to life. Pertains to life. He has given you all things that pertains to life and godliness. Godliness speaks of your prayer life. Godliness speaks of your study life. Godliness speaks of your robust spiritual life. So God took care of the physical. He took care of the spiritual. So that you can be relevant here on earth and be relevant in the realms of the spirit. Give Jesus praise this morning. And I pray for you. Whatever you need in the physical that has not arrived yet, I call them into your life in the name of Jesus. I didn't hear your loudest. Amen. I call those things into your life in the name of Jesus. I call your job into your life in the name of Jesus. I call profit into your business in the name of Jesus. I call a house that you're believing God for into your life in the name of Jesus. Come on, declare Jesus. I have faith. In your capability. Give him your highest praise. The things that pertains to life and godliness. Pertains to life and godliness. So when you study the scriptures. You will see documented in every page. Of the document called Bible. The mysterious hand of God. In turning the lives of ordinary people around. You will see God's integrity at work. You will see God's integrity when he spoke to them. And you will also see his capability when he fulfilled what he said to them. <laughs> so you will not only see what he spoke to them, you see the final products, the testimony. You see the final, the end result, the testimony. He said to Abraham, Abraham, step out of your father's house in Genesis 12. He said, I will make you. Step out, I will make you. Because what I'm about to do for you, I do not want you to confuse it with your father's house. He says, step out because what I will do for you, I don't want your father to take the glory. You know how fathers behave? 
they leave the son. The day the son makes it, they say, that's my boy. That's my boy. So God didn't want Abraham's father. What's his name again? I've forgotten his name. Mr. Abraham's father. God didn't want him to take the glory. God didn't want him to take the glory. So God said, step out. Step out of your father's house. And I will make you. He stepped out in faith. Abraham obeyed. He stepped out in faith. No trust fund. No recommendation letter. No business portfolio. No house to his name. No car to his name. No job. No allowance. No pocket money. No nothing. He stepped. Listen, the guy was broke. How do I know he was broke? In his 70s, he was still living in his father's house with his wife. He couldn't even afford his own one-room house. That's how broke he was. God said, come out. I'm about to do something in your life. Because I do not just speak. I want you to see the fulfillment. And the man stepped out. Listen, friends. Faith is not only belief. When you believe, you act. Abraham believed and he stepped out. Chapter 13, verse 1 to 4. Then Abraham went up from Egypt. He started his journey. Him and his wife and all that he had. I like Lot. Sometimes we condemn Lot. But friends, Lot had an understanding of a blessed man. He knew that Abraham was a blessed man. He followed. How do you follow a man that had nothing? Where are you going with him? He tells you, you you say, I'm following you, uncle. I don't know where I'm going. I will follow you. Listen, friends, I wish we have some lots in our generation that will understand the power of follow. That will follow even when there's nothing physical they can see, but they understand a spiritual grace upon a person. He stepped out and followed him. And if you study further, what was on Abraham came on him. He also became very rich. I pray for you because you are connected to this house. Enter your testimony in the name of Jesus. Enter your victory in the name of Jesus give me to amen to give Jesus praise he followed him and listened to the journey as they continued to journey to the south Abraham became very rich in livestock not spiritual rich no no material rich in silver and in gold where did he find them? He went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abraham called on. He remembered God. And all of he now returned and the Bible said he gave tithes of all. Will you remember God as he's doing it for you? Or do we have to still be looking for you? Will you remember God? He's the one who gave you the power to get the wealth. Or when it's time for tithe, you have excuse. You know, you know, I can't tithe because you know, um, you know, some things are just the ground is not level. <laughs> Will you remember God? He 
did it for him. And he stopped and said, Look, let's, let's not go too far. It is time to call on the God who has shown up in my life. Your own might not be livestock. Your own might be good health. Will you remember him? Or do you remember him? Your own might not be silver and gold. Your own might be every day you go out, you come back, you go out, you come back, you go out, you come back. There have not been any SOS message sent to your family. You got sick, you were healed. Do you think medication healed you? Because for you to see that medication didn't heal you. Some people took the same medication, they died. So that tells the medication didn't heal you. Some took the same thing you drank and they died. They even took more expensive one, not the generic one. And they died. And you took the same thing. You didn't even complete the dosage, you were fine. Will you remember God? He stopped and said, listen, I can see the hand of God. Let's pause. Everybody, let's pause. Let's pause. And they called on the name of God. I don't know who that is for. So he didn't just believe and stayed. He believed and put action to his belief. And after a while, manifestation began to happen. It started with God's integrity at work. And it ended with his capability. What was the integrity? I will make you. What was the capability? We saw the gold, the silver, the livestock, the men servants, and the maid servants. Hallelujah. Give this God praise one more time, please. First Samuel chapter 1, we're looking at God's capability in action. All through scriptures, first Samuel chapter 1, a woman named Hannah appeared in the scene who has been barren for some time. And she had one encounter, one encounter, one encounter with the integrity of God through the prophet called Eli. One encounter. Look at what the encounter, look at the encounter, verse 17 to 18. It It says, then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. And she said, let your maid servant find favor in your sight. So the woman went away and ate and her face was no longer sad. One encounter with the integrity of God. God's integrity was committed. And in the next couple of verses, verse, verse 19 to 20, God's capability delivered exactly on what his integrity committed to. Verse 19 says, Then they rose early in the morning, worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house at Ramah. Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. I don't know who you are, the Lord has remembered you. I didn't hear your amen, the Lord has remembered you. I said the Lord has remembered you. The Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived, bore a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. I have asked from him from the Lord. This is the testimony. This is the te- I asked from him from the Lord. This is the testimony of what I asked from him from the Lord. 
His capabilities are full in the scriptures. They are full in the document called the Bible. God's capabilities. How about the four lepers? In Second Kings chapter 7. Who were an outcast. They were outcasts. Who they stepped out in faith. They became national heroes. Because they dared to trust God. How about the four friends in Mark chapter 2 who dared to trust him with every sense of recklessness. They broke the roof where Jesus was having a crusade so that they can lower their friend for an encounter. Four friends, they stepped out in faith. They didn't just tell their friend, we believe God can heal you. They stepped out. Do you know what it takes to carry a paralyzed human being and break another man's roof? another man's roof do you know what that that takes they broke the roof and they carried the man because faith must have a corresponding action if you believe act in your belief act on your belief they believed we hear that jesus is around is he around yes he's around where is he he is 131 Macassin streets we want to enter. Ah, the crowd is too much. They looked at each other. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Uh-huh. I'm thinking. Are you, are you really thinking what I'm thinking? They say, yes, we're thinking. Then I want to say, ah, oh, you guys, oh, you guys, oh, is it what I'm thinking you're planning to do? They said, yes. And before they know it, as I'm preaching like this, we started hearing kakaka on the roof. Some people removing the roof. And they lowered the man. They put action to their belief. Therefore, therefore, why is God always particular about four? Every time he has to do a creative miracle. How? Why? Why? Why is four so particular? Why is it a prophetic number? In the Bible, the number four means creation. God created on the fourth day. The number four means creation. This number directly relates to the creative ability of God. And that was why every time we saw the creative ability of God in motion, it was always four. Even in Babylon, the three Hebrew boys plus Daniel, four. Every time God's creative ability comes into play, we see four. We see four. We see four. Why? Because it also represents the completeness of God's revelation. It means God doesn't work halfway. He will not suddenly disappear after helping you for a period of time. That is, he will not disappear after helping you when there was no pandemic. And when there is pandemic, he runs away. No, no, no. God does not work halfway. He's not a half-cut God. He's a complete God. Give this God praise, please. So I don't know what it is that you think that God has abandoned you. I came this morning to announce to you, God has not forgotten you in the name of Jesus. I say he has not left you all by yourself in the name of Jesus. I say he has not abandoned you in the name of Jesus. Have faith in his capability. Absolute confidence. In his capability. He does not say what he cannot do. Actually, I said to you last week, before he says it, he has already done it. And Second Peter proves that. Who hearts 
given to you. Hallelujah. How about when a man called Daniel was thrown into the lion's den by his enemies so that he can be eaten up by lions. He trusted God's integrity. He trusted God's capability. And listen to what Daniel said concerning God. Daniel chapter 6 verse 21 to 22. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God. Can I hear you say my God? Say my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him and also O king have done no wrong before him. He said my God, child of God, it takes a level of conviction to boldly declare my God. You don't just declare my God anyhow. This man has had encounters and encounters with the integrity of God, with the capability of God. He said, my God, he cannot leave nor forsake. My God, he will not abandon. My God, he will not leave me halfway. My God, he will finish what he started. My God, he said, my God, child of God, you must know him more. Because friends, what helps you to have absolute confidence in his integrity and his incapability is the knowledge of him. When you know him, that he cannot lie. When you know that he will fulfill what he has said. When you know that he will not deceive you. When you know that he is not a man to promise and fail. You will have absolute confidence. You will recklessly abandon yourself. In his hands. He said, my God. Oh, king, listen, my God. I have a God who makes promises and sticks with it. I have a God who cannot lie. There's a song we used to sing when, we, when I was growing up as a believer. I have a God who never fails. I have a God who never fails. I have a God who never fails. Who never fails, who never fails forevermore. He never fails. He is not intending to fail. He has no plan to fail. And he will not start with you. Give him praise this morning. My God has delivered me. He said, my God, because I have too much encounters with him. I know he is trustworthy. I know he has integrity. I know his capability. I know his ability. I know he created the earth and the lions in them. And he has is giving them instructions not to touch me. And they cannot disobey their creator. My God. So the God I'm talking about is the God who knows how to call light out of darkness. The God I'm talking about is the God who humbled the gods of Egypt. He is the God who dislodged all the witchcraft and the witches of Egypt. He is the God who collapsed the demonic systems, networks, and installations of Egypt. The God who single-handedly crushed the sorcerers of Egypt. The God who humiliated necromancers in Egypt. The God who dealt with warlocks in Egypt. The enchanters, the spiritual, the diviners. He made them mad in Egypt. The God, when he stepped into Egypt, there was a shutdown. How many of you know shutdown? There was, he stepped in and there was a shutdown. He shut down the place. 
Because there can never be two gods in a territory. There is only one almighty God. Uyinkosi. Amakosi. He stepped in and he shut down the place. The God who messed up the gods of Egypt. Listen. The Egypt I'm talking about is not the Egypt you know now. I'm talking about the ancient Egypt. Where they, they were then the superpowers. Not because of physical army. But because of the heavy spiritual network and installations back in their kingdom. That's the Egypt I'm talking about. Go study it. Pharaoh was not just a king in Egypt. Pharaoh was not just a king. Listen friends. He was a demigod. Pharaoh was a demigod. He was not a principality. He was a demigod. What do I mean by that? All of he was housing all of the gods of Egypt. All the ten most powerful gods of Egypt, they were housed in one man called Pharaoh. That is him seated enthroned. He was housing them. So he had the powers of all the gods. So when Pharaoh speaks, all the gods in Egypt submit. That's the God I'm talking about that dealt with him. So Pharaoh, listen friends, listen, listen. We're talking about a God who humbled Egypt and pulled his people out. That was why, listen to me, because of how powerful Egypt was, when Moses arrived in Egypt for his first assignment, when he threw this, their stick, his rod on the ground, he became snake. They started laughing at him. You foolish boy. One snake will give you three. Pharaoh's servants, not even Pharaoh, his servants, not even the sorcerers, not even his servants, the little magicians, not even the gods of Egypt, the little magicians. The Bible said the magicians of Pharaoh, the one who served him. They just say, show this small boy. They came and said, you gave us one snake, we'll give you three. Pa, pa, pa. Three snakes appeared. Is there any other thing? He said, no, but look, my snake is eating your snake. Snake eats snake, so what is it? Now, can you exit my presence? Don't come back here again until you have something better to show me. If you don't have anything better to show me, don't come back here again. Are you understanding me? That was how powerful Egypt was. So in the midst of Pharaoh's stubbornness, God had to move. Listen, friends. He had to show to them that he is a God who rules in the midst of other gods. Listen, child of God. I don't know what has been making noise around you. The Lord will arise in your life in the name of Jesus. That sickness making noise in your body. I command it deleted in the name of Jesus. That challenge in your family. I put an end to it in the name of Jesus. Give Jesus praise this morning. God rules among other gods. There is no God like him. There is no God who can sit enthroned as king like him. And in the midst of all the stubbornness of Pharaoh, God had to move in a dimension that Pharaoh had never seen before. God moved into the most sacred territory of Egypt. He decided to kill all the firstborn of Egypt, including the firstborn son of the sitting Pharaoh. I hope you know what that means, but I will explain to you. Because you think killing firstborn was just killing firstborn. He represented something super. That was why God left it for the last. 
He left it for the last. He killed the firstborn son of all Egypt, including animals. And he went further to humiliate the gods of Egypt. He killed the firstborn son of Pharaoh. Listen, in Egypt, in ancient Egypt, when a son is born, the firstborn son is born. They are dedicated to the god of life called Osiris. O-S-I-R-I-S. See, that god is considered to be the most, one of the most powerful gods of Egypt and is a custodian of life and resurrection. So, firstborns in Egypt don't die anyhow. Not to talk of firstborn of Pharaoh. They carry a covenant. They carry a covenant because any of them can sit on the throne. So they have been covenanted to the gods of the land. Spirits, they are living altars of spirits. They are carriers, embodiments of spirits. So they were not ordinary. So when God moved to kill the firstborn of Pharaoh and the Egyptians, God was simply announcing to them, I am the owner of life. I can take, I can give whenever I want it. Your God's own own life. He moved on. When you study the scripture, the Bible said he passed through Egypt. He didn't stay. He just passed through. <laughs> I don't know what is making noise around you. God will pass through that situation. I say God will pass through that challenge. He passed through Egypt. He passed through Egypt. Before he passed through, he said, listen, put the blood on the doorpost because I'm about to do something. I'm about to move. Listen, friends, the blood of Jesus is not just, is not any blood. The blood of Jesus, when the book of Hebrews says, it speaks better things. You better believe it. It speaks. That when the almighty God was passing through, the voice of the blood was speaking. Say, you can't touch this one. You can't touch this one. This one is exempted. That one is, listen friends, you are exempted in the name of Jesus. By the blood of the everlasting covenant, I announce your exemption in the name of Jesus. Give me three, amen. Two, three, give Jesus praise this morning. He passed through Egypt. Said today I'm passing through. And that has been the only time God passed through anywhere. <laughs> he passed through. And he humbled all the gods of Egypt. And for God to show that, so that they will not confuse it. Even if any Egyptian then arrived in Goshen and placed the blood, God didn't touch their sons. And for God to show that it was not a pandemic that killed them. Because if the truth, if the sons of the Israelites had also died, they would have said, well, it was a deadly disease. So God made sure that the sons of the Israelites were not dead. So that he, by the next day, Pharaoh said, get out of my place. I've had enough. Because I believe they started questioning him. But you said, our God owns life. Who is this God who just came and Collected the lives of our sons anyhow. Pharaoh, do something. I can't do anything. Me too, I don't understand this one. What God is about to do in your life. Every devil that has been making noise will be silenced forever. 
I didn't hear your loudest say amen. Every devil making noise around you. I provide you this morning. Let them be silenced forever in the name of Jesus. Enter your victory in the name of Jesus. Receive testimonies in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough in that business in the name of Jesus. Your shameful days are over. Give me three amen. Two, three. Celebrate him this morning. So the killing of the firstborn, including Pharaoh's son, was not just a show of power. It was God announcing to Pharaoh, he's the only one who is the custodian of life. Mayana Maurosh. Liboronde, liborose, toshka. Me liboronde. Understand, child of God, that as a believer, you must consistently function in faith. Stay in faith. Because when you stay in faith, you stay in power. Stay in faith. Satan, when he leaves, he leaves for a while and returns back. That is why you must stay in faith all the time. Remember our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says Satan, Satan left him for a season and he returned back. How did he return back? He returned back in the person of Judas Iscariot and Peter. When he returned back to Jesus. He left Jesus for a season. When he will return back, he returned back in the person of Judas he returned back in the person of Peter. And Jesus was able to decide, get thee behind me, Satan. For you're not saying what pertains to God, but only for man. So he returned back. He did return back. He did come back. Stay in faith. Imagine if Jesus was not in faith. He would not have discerned that Satan has come back. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. As I release you this morning to go, the time is over. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. The Bible talks about how Samaria was besieged by their enemies in 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 24. To the point where they sold the pool of a dove for 704 and 85 cents. They sold the pool of a dove for 704 and 85 cents. That was how terrible the famine was. But when God intervened in one day, the shame came to an end, the famine came to an end, the lack came to an end, the poverty came to an end. I pray for you right now. Receive divine intervention in the name of Jesus. I say receive divine intervention in the name of Jesus. I say receive divine intervention in the name of Jesus. I hear the Lord saying to me, I don't know what it is that you think you have buried. But under this anointing this morning, the Lord has intervened in that buried situation. You are about to begin to see victories like never before flowing out of that situation in the name of Jesus. Your tearful days are over. Your shameful days have come to an end. Whatever I've been mocking you comes to an end this morning. Whatever I've been mocking your life, mocking your family, mocking your redemption. Whatever I've been laughing at you, looking at you and asking, where is your God? I came to announce to you this morning, your father has intervened in the name of Jesus. I didn't hear your loudest, amen. 
your heavenly father has intervened in the name of Jesus. He has integrity, he has capability. And on the premise of these two qualities that you can't find in any other person, I declare right now, enter your seasons of intervention in the name of Jesus. Enter your seasons of intervention in the name of Jesus. Enter your times of intervention in the name of Jesus. Give him praise this morning. Let's rise on our feet and let's go home. Give him praise and let's go home. Give him praise. Lift your voice in thanksgiving and begin to celebrate the faithfulness of God. Begin to celebrate the faithfulness of God. Thank you so much for listening. We believe you are blessed by the word. For more, please visit our website, www.alivewithjoseph.com as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, Alive with Joseph Mogotcha. Till next time, God